You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. And I stick to... They are not going to bring in Daniel Jones until they think they are no longer going to make the playoffs. I think Daniel Jones' time, it's going to be, first of all, it's not going to come before wide receivers have returned. So don't expect it before Golden Tate comes back from suspension or Sterling Shepard comes back from concussion or, you know, Cody Latimer suffered a concussion in this game. Who knows how long he'll be out. Don't expect it before then. Way to go, Nostradamus. <laughs> we got our very own Nostradamus on this show. Um, this is a special, you know, middle of the week broadcast. Uh, I think it's well-deserved. Um, this morning, Pat Shermer announced that Daniel Jones will be starting week three at quarterback for the New York Giants. And uh, you heard it here first. You know, we, we called it, right, Cranky Fan? Oh, exactly. I've been talking about this for months. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that you know we both called this one wrong. Um, I thought there was no shot before week four or b- before week five where Golden Tate would come back. I thought there was a minimal shot after that, and it was much more likely to be either after the bye week or you know maybe week fifteen through seventeen. Yeah, my my original thing was you know when they determined they were no longer going to compete. For a playoff spot, either mathematically or they just knew they're not going to happen. And, you know, Grump, you know, unlike Mike Francesa or, you know, the talking heads on ESPN, I I will admit it. I will stand up here and say I was 100 percent wrong. Well, I mean, you're not so. wrong yet. Let's see, like, you know, you know, we guessed wrong on what other people were going to do. But whether or not it's a good decision, no one's going to know for some time. And that's – that really needs to be the theme about this is no one is going to know. Yeah, which means if he stinks up all of Florida, then it's OK, you know? Yeah. I mean this – you know, Giant fans, this is no longer about this year. It's no longer about wins or losses this season. It's no longer about, oh – this puts you know some wrinkles into the offense that Eli couldn't do to try to beat Tampa or the next three games or this and that. That's not what this is about. This isn't a quick fix. This isn't jump-starting the offense. This is the future. We are now 100% in the future. You know, Grump, my, one of my favorite movies of all time is Wall Street. I thought you were going to say uh, Back to the Future. Again, that episode will be coming up later on, the Back to the Future thing. But uh, – Mr. Mannheim in Wall Street has a comment, a quote. He says, you can't be a little bit pregnant. And that's exactly what this rebuild was. Pregnancy? Well, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're rebuilding or you're not. Yeah. We went 
all in with the rebuild on the defensive side of the ball. We got rid of guys like Snacks Harrison. We didn't re-sign Landon Collins. Eli Apple, long gone. They decided, you know, they when they drafted, they drafted seven of the guys in this past draft on defense. Three of these guys are starting right now. They went all in with the rebuild on the defensive side of the ball. However, on offense, they kept Eli Manning as the starter thinking we think we could still be competitive and see what happens. And I think really what I think happened, Grump, is that this is nothing to do as a referendum on how Eli played or even how the offense played. I honestly think that they assessed that this defense is much, much more in the hole than they originally thought is going to take much, much more time to gel and become a cohesive unit and become a good unit that they said, you know something, this season's over. And it's a very, you know, it's, it's an ego check. It's something that, you know, the fan base is saying, bring in Jones, bring in Jones, bring in Jones. But they also, this fan base will not accept that, you know, they're out of it. They're not going to accept, well, we can beat Tampa next week now. That's not the way they're thinking, but you have to accept it. So I, I really think this is a referendum on the state of this team as a whole. Because quite honestly, and I was one of the things I actually had messaged to Grump this morning before the news happened. I said, here's an idea for Thursday's show was why don't you do a film study on Eli Manning and say, is he really the problem with this or not? Because again, he has absolutely nobody to throw to on this team. There is not one NFL wide receiver currently available for him to play. And I don't care who you are. That's a problem. But that's all. Who cares at this point now? We are, we are now talking about the future. And you know, the decision, you know, we can go back and second guess, you know, should this have started in the offseason? Well, it didn't. And now we're here. And is, is Daniel Jones ready? Which I've been arguing, I don't know. Well, they're going to throw him into the fire and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. Um, this is going to call for a beer. <laughs> Look, you hit it right on the head. It's not about whether you know when it comes down to is he ready. Should this have started in the off season? It kind of doesn't matter now. I mean, so your theory is that the defense is so bad that they realize that there is no hope for this team. So why not just rebuild the offense at the same time? Not that it's so bad and it's like we're screwed. I mean, I, I think there's different levels of, to where a team is. Like. You can't compare the Giants to the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Well, no, that's an active tank. I mean, that is that is. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, they're when you say, "Oh, the Dolphins are awful." I, I'm not saying the Giants' defense is awful because this is the way they haven't started to fix it. I think the Giants have started to fix the defense. It's just you are seeing massive growing pains now, growing pains bigger than I think they anticipated happening. That's what I'm saying about this. Okay, and I think that precipitated the. We better evaluate everything with the order and the speed we are going to make that transition on the offensive side of the ball. Because quite frankly, this offense, this defense right now can't stop anybody. And, you know, 
the fans are just going to see loss, 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 and they're going to blame everybody and everything, not accepting why it is. So, you know, something you might as well, if you're going to lose, start it in earnest. Do you think that by playing Jones, it actually takes the pressure off of him? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, playing Jones now while the defense is awful, it takes the pressure off of him versus maybe next year when the defense is playing well and the, the Giants might not have enough to win? I think Daniel Jones, by what he did in the preseason, a lot of the pressure is off of him. I think all of the pressure right now is on Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer. And I think that is 100% unfair. And I'm going to preface this little piece I'm about to say by saying I am not pro or anti-Dave Gettleman or pro or anti-Pat Shermer at this time. Because quite frankly – I don't have nearly enough data points to tell me I think Gettleman is doing a good job or a bad job. You know, we were not happy with either the Dave Gettleman or the Pat Shermer hire. So, no. but, so, so go ahead. But they have jobs to do. And you know something? It's mm-hmm. not – everybody is going to be not Daniel Jones sucks. It's going to be fire Gettleman. He doesn't know what he's doing. This team is a wreck. This team is a mess. There is no direction. I mean, you're going to hear that with every Daniel Jones incompletion, every turnover, every loss. And that's not what this season is about. And people are just looking because they're 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 pissed. And we're all pissed. We're tired of losing. But a lot of these people who just wanted Daniel Jones, you have to ask yourself as a Giant fan, why did you want Daniel Jones to play right now? Was it because you thought it was the best chance to win. If you did, you know, I don't know what to tell you. If it's because you want the future to start now, okay, I could buy that. But people that say, like, what has Gettleman done? He's doing a horrible job. Let me read you a couple of bullet points of what, Dan- what Dave Gettleman has done in 18 games with the Giants. And we've said this before, but we're going to bear repeating. He is drafted and he's now playing. His franchise quarterback. He has drafted a franchise running back. Last year, people saying, well, the defense is horrible. He drafted seven of his 10 guys he drafted on defense. Two guys in the first round. Three of them are now starting. He also used a supplemental pick last year on defense. So to say the defense is in shambles, it's no. There's been a heavy investment on defense for guys that, you know, have to play on the job. He's completely rebuilt this offensive line. This offensive line was one of the worst in football. And right now, I believe it's top five for pass protection is one of the strengths of the team. Yeah. He's cleaned this team out of cap hell, awful cap hell. So next year, well, you may agree or disagree with some of the guys they got rid of. We have $60 million in cap money to spend next year. Augment that with a full boat of draft picks and probably know, probably a top five pick next year as well. So this is just in the beginning of this rebuild process. And one more thing, Grump, before I, I turn it back over to you. I kept seeing over and over again, this is year two of a, re, a three-year rebuild. I've been told this has been a three-year rebuild, and we're in year two, and it looks awful. I want someone to show me in print where Dave Gettleman or Pat Shermer or the mayors 
where your ticket taker told you this is a three-year rebuild. It will be a real rebuild when it's over, when it's over. So there are no timelines on this thing. And people who think that there's a running clock, that we're two-thirds done and look where we are now, again, you know, if you don't see what's going on with this team and what they're trying to do, you're either impatient, you already had a fixed opinion of Gettleman before, and that's not going to change you, or quite frankly, you don't understand the game of football and how teams are built. Floor's yours. Yeah, I mean, one of the arguments that people had, uh, I, I mean, I literally said this two days ago, right? Um, we're in year two of three-year rebuild, whatever. You know, I was told this was a rebuild. Don't you usually see an improvement? You know, the biggest chunk of a rebuild would be getting your quarterback hasn't even played yet. So if you want to see improvement after two games, then you're just being an impatient dick. You know, I understand probably more than you do how frustrating it is to watch a loss. I'm not made of fucking money. I go to all these games. It should cost money. I, I yeah. sacrifice that to go there and watch this team go out there and suck dicks. It sucks. I hate it. But I'm also a real – I understand what's happening before me. I'm looking at the little things that are improving. I'm looking at an offensive line that has moved beyond respectable into entering formidable territory. Could be. Eli hasn't run for his life, you know, really much at all this, this season. I mean, on rollouts maybe, but this is the most protected I've seen him in a long time. Did you know yeah. that there are only three running backs with over 200 yards rushing? Saquon's one of them. Well, how about also the fact just watch the game last night with Cleveland and see the d- Cleveland's off- offensive line. And you texted this to me last yeah. night. Does Cleveland's offensive line look as good as it did last year? And gee, one of those big pieces is now on the Giants' offensive line. Yeah, Baker looks like garbage. And b- before you reply to that with how they look with Odell Beckham, spare me, please, of his 90-yard touchdown where he's completely not covered at all. Um. Uh, that's yeah. That's not for our discussion. No one cares. Yeah, I, I mean, but, look, I, I get back it. Back to your point, though, and Odell Beckham kind of leads me to my point to add on to what you just said. A rebuild also includes breaking down what you already have that's not working. This roster was built to be per per, per perpetually. I can't speak anymore. I've been talking all day. Perpetually, six and ten. Seven and nine. It was capped out. It had guys that were making too much money in positions that are not going to have helped the long term you know, health of this roster. So, yes, I expect this team to get worse before it gets better because the sheer fact that there's no more Snacks Harrison, there's no Odell Beckham, you know, now there's no Eli Manning in the super short term. There's no Landon Collins. There's no, none of these guys that. We're talented, but did not fit the horizon of this team going forward and when it needed to be done to rebuild. So you're going to see a team that went from being six and ten to could be potentially two and fourteen this year before you see tangible results on the win loss column. That doesn't mean the rebuild is not taking effect and working. Now, it's gonna be now we can make a judgment call in four years from now if this team is still three and thirteen and these guys didn't pan out. Then you can point squarely at Dave Gettleman and said, hey, your attempt to rebuild this team has failed. You fucked up. You're out of here. But I don't want to hear for all you people bitching and moaning, bring in Daniel Jones, bring in Daniel Jones, you know, 
in the Washington game, and he's 11 for 28 for 83 yards. Gettleman needs to go, doesn't know what he's doing, screwed up the draft pick. And lastly, stop with the, well, they could have drafted him lower if they and traded down. You have no idea what anybody else's draft boards are. You don't know what the Giants draft board was. You don't know what anybody else is. So don't even go down that road because that is that is watching Mel Kuyper Jr. and assholes like him who have not plugged into what real draft boards are. Yeah, I mean every year there's three to seven or eight shockers in the first round that everybody knew wasn't going until later and then they end up getting picked earlier. So what everybody knows is nothing. The so. bottom line, Grump, the bottom line, if Daniel Jones becomes the quarterback of this team for the next 10 years, it doesn't matter if he was draft six or he was draft 15th or drafted in the second round. It's the most important position on the field. And the goal is getting the quarterback, not the extra pick or two. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, when the Giants traded to get Eli Manning, the other picks were a guy like Sean Merriman, who was good for two, three years, mm-hmm. then was out of the league because of PEDs. So you don't know what those picks are going to be. You don't know if there was available. You don't know somebody else like Daniel Jones who was playing smokescreen. We got him. And the thing is, if he's good, he's good. If he's not, he's not. So you think, just so, just so we're clear, you think that this is an indication that they are just moving ahead with the rebuild and they're not really worried about wins and losses anymore? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think I am honestly surprised they did it this early. I really, really thought bringing back Eli again. And remember, we were talking the offseason, Grump. Would they possibly extend him another year to move out his cap money for two seasons? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I know, but I'm, I'm saying, though, know, that's what that's what. Because you know, like sometimes they do that and then they just cut them. So. That's true. But I mean, it wasn't there. They really thought. I'm I'm convinced about this. The more I thought about it today, that the defense really – and no one's really talking about that today. Today, everything is about, you know, Eli can't – he's not a mobile quarterback and not in the system Shermer's doing. And, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength and the, you know, the the decision-making. He's got happy feet and all that. That's all – you can make arguments for all of it. That's not the reason why the the decision was made now. I really think they thought that, you know – what they were doing could keep them in some sort of contention to play meaningless, meaningful football for a while. At some point, they may not make it. But the fact that they, after two games, you know, it has nothing to do with fan pressure. Maris certainly, I don't think, was the one who was harping on them to do it. I think they, they took an honest assessment and said, it ain't happening this year. So we might as well, you know, cut the cord and, and, and compare. Go balls in on the on the reload. Do you think that starting him on an away game instead of waiting one more week for home at Washington makes a difference? It doesn't make a difference. You have to play these teams at some point anyway. I mean, he's gonna have to play an away game sooner or later. He's gonna have to, you know. Again, this is the unknown, and this is what I was harping on for this, you know, last several weeks. And honestly, don't know that the how much were they really preparing him. Have these conversations between Shermer, Gettleman, Mara, Manning, Jones, Shula, have these conversations been going on for several weeks? So 
I mean, do you really think that Eli woke up today and got a phone call saying you're not starting anymore? Or do you think this was something that everybody in the building knew they were building to even at this early stage? I mean, this goes to really the hiring of Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer and James Betcher. The whole whole turnover there was the writing on the wall that Eli's time is coming up. He skirted by one year just because a freak of nature in the form of a running back was coming out in the draft um, and might have been the only reason why he's even made it this far, to be honest, right? I mean... I would say, though. I would say so. Yeah, so, you know... I think that the wake-up call for Eli Manning was the ridiculous benching for Geno Smith, the acceptance, the writing on the wall, the prepared for this moment was everything after that. The firing of what? Ben McAdoo, of Jerry Reese, etc. Well, I don't mean I, those are like signs that it's coming. Those are the smoke well, signals. I mean, that are yes, of up. course, but I mean, but I mean the, the actual. We are having conversations about how this is going to go. You know, it's it's not like. You know the uh, well. As far as Eli's involvement in those conversations, or you mean the top brass? I think the conversations with Eli and Jones. Um, I don't. I, I I think this is something that behind the scenes, there has been, and I and I did not believe this was going to happen. But I think it is very. You don't just all of a sudden drop a bomb like this on these guys and say you're in, you're out. I think I honestly think that, and this might have started possibly after week one with how bad the defense was. I don't know, but I definitely think there had been come and it might've started maybe Sunday at four thirty. You know, we don't know, but I just, I think now again, people act like Gettleman and Shermer are complete imbeciles that they talk to at the bar on a set Sunday afternoon. These are, you know, NFL executives that are at the top of the top. There's only like 30 NFL coach in the league is still, one of the best 40 coaches in the world. So don't, you know, don't make them out to be, you know, raving retards. They're not, you know, so I, I my, my point for all this is that, you know, I think that once they made that decision, plans were made in place. And everybody is kind of being orchestrated along. I am just still surprised that they've actually done it this fast. I really, I really think that their plan going to the season was, we'll see how long we can hold out before we have to make the decision. And I think the defense made it for him, not Eli's play, not the offense's play, not the 0-2 record. I think that Eli's inability to do something spectacular coupled with the defense is really what did it. I mean, I, I truly think that regardless of how bad the defense played, if Eli was throwing like a madman, I you know, even with two and, losses, if they're losing by three points or less in those games and he's putting up over 20, 24 points a game, I, I think that this is still delayed, even with the and, losses. And they have Golden Tate and they have Sterling Shepard and they have everybody else. And, you know, I mean, maybe I, I, remember something, you know, I would say despite that, if, if, if they did, the the game is catching the ball. Well, yeah, of course. But what I'm saying is yeah. what I'm telling you is that despite the deficiencies where Sterling Shepard is out of game, Golden Tate is out both games. If if Eli Manning is throwing and scoring over 24 points, even if they lose, even with the defense being as bad as it is, I think he's still playing week three. The fact that he is just playing average with, with, with the upgrades that he was that was available to him and the defense being just atrocious – I think you're right. 
But again, it, I think if Eli is somehow playing out of his mind these first two weeks, even with losses, I think he's still playing week three. Yeah, the eye test to me was kind of like, all right, well, Eli was just kind of there. Yep. I mean, nothing stood out to me as being he's killing this team right now. No, you mean you, your occasional pass is a little bit out of reach, but you know. <laughs> well, watch Tom Brady's film. Go yeah. watch anybody. No, that, I agree that, with you. Pass out of reach happens. So nothing was saying. Now you can say, well, the play calling. It's like okay, let's remember. He's the receivers. Yeah, they're not going to all of a sudden have the complete playbook open for guys that literally came off the street. Not happening. That's going to impact the passing game. I don't want to turn this episode into like an Eli memorial service. Um, I don't think that's necessary. He's still on the team, you know, and, you know, he will be enshrined in Giants legacy forever. I'm sure we'll be at the game where he's inducted into the ring of honor there, etc. But, you know, my my mixed feelings of this aside, in terms of the, you know, the wisdom behind this, I will say... It's exciting to see the beginning of a new era. You know, I, I'm excited to see how Daniel Jones plays. I'm excited to see the portions of Pat Shermer's playbook that have not been opened to Eli because it's not part of who he is. I'm excited to see, you know, what the future is going to be for hopefully many years now. Um, yeah. It's a good feeling, you know, and sure. I, I would I'm- hope that. I'm also excited to see no more bitching and moaning about the quarterback play on Giants Twitter. I can only hope about that, though. Yeah, well, that's not happening. Well, there was a time when Eli Manning was not even remotely in the problems that the Giants had, and I miss those days. That's before Twitter. No, I mean, not really. That was some pe- people's MySpace pages talked about that. I had so. Twitter in 2011. <laughs> you know something? And, and let me be very clear. I am not mad about this at all. I'm not upset. I'm not mad. No. I'm not fighting this. I mean, we all knew it, it was probably, coming eventually. It probably should have, you know, the probably the best thing for the long-term health of this, you know, of this roster and for Daniel Jones' growth was when the day he was drafted, they said you're the starting quarterback, we're moving forward. But they didn't do that. You know, and my only thing about being adamant that they weren't cuz I don't know if this coaching staff up until maybe Sunday, maybe after week one, had never publicly said that they were, you know, prepping him to start, to, to play. Yeah. Now, again, that might have went on in the background. We don't know. But from an outsider's perspective, and I don't know anything that goes on, unlike every other Giant fan on Twitter who thinks they know everything because of what they saw in a preseason game or what some other schmuck wrote on Twitter. No, we don't know anything. We, we react to what is given to us on our TV screens. That's it. So what's going on behind the scenes? We don't know. Maybe they have a plan for him for three weeks, and Daniel Jones knew, and Eli knew about it. Maybe he'll come out and he'll look a lot more polished than he did in the preseason games, and we'll see more things. And that would be fantastic. And then Shermer and, and Gettleman are geniuses for doing that. And they're stealth about it that nobody knew about it. That's what I am hoping and praying for. Um, but you're right. I am excited about this because, quite frankly, the thought of trucking to the Meadowlands seven more times this year purely on win versus lose seemed like a horrible way to spend my fall. I got enough agita watching the Gators every week. I got to deal with 
the Rays in a playoff run. I have New York City FC playing in a playoff run. The last thing I need to do is be all pissed off every Sunday going to Giant Stadium with some fucking redneck hick behind me from Buffalo, you know, <laughs> chirping about his suck-ass team and hasn't done anything in 30 fucking years because my Giant fans around me aren't going to watch it and me and the Grump are the two assholes who are still going. Don't need that in my life. But now I have things to watch. I have a new quarterback. I can, you know, it's like going to the priest. Grump and I have been a couple of times to um, Quest Center during uh, training camp. You get the free practice and you watch. That's what kind of this is right now. We're watching the future. And I'm going to speak for Grump right now. I don't care what our record is the rest of the season. It's going to be bad. We're going to look bad in a lot of spots. We're going to see some glimmers. But we're here to watch the process now. And hopefully, if you're listening to this show, if we haven't scared you off at this point, you are a serious Giant fan who is a long-term fan who will ride this out and is looking for the same things we are doing. And if we do, if you are, we're all together, man. This is a long road. We're not bandwagon fans. We're not jumping to become Ram fans. We're not jumping to Lamar Jackson jerseys, and we're not wearing Beckham Cleveland jerseys. We're Giant fans. This is the situation we're in. You can thank Jerry Reese. You can thank you can thank the mayors. You can thank the salary cap. You can thank anything you want. We're right here now. And you all better recalibrate your expectations for this year and probably next year. It's going to be ugly, but look for the right things. And watching Daniel Jones is one of those things. Boy, that was inspiring. That should be an intro for one of the episodes. Grandpa, I had a uh, player played for me named George Gipp. And when he died, he said, go out there and win one for the Gipper. That's my cranky fan Gip speech for everybody. So, <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I, I guess the cranky fan had a real nice cup of coffee today, but I've been fired up all day because, you know, <laughs> I appreciate my job being as flexible as it is where I can spend the whole afternoon kind of going through, uh, you know, on Twitter at the cranky fan and interacting with people, people that are level headed, people that have just completely lost their mind. Trying to keep trying to keep perspective on things. I mean, maybe I should change my name from the cranky fan to the, the you know, the perception fan. I don't know. But again, I don't want to go through life for the next two years saying you're gonna fire Gettleman and fire Shermer because of, you know, week four of the rebuild, you don't like what you see on the field. Pat Shermer's a different story than Gettleman. I mean, we've already started being a little cranky about some of his decision-making and that's irregardless of the talent that you have. And we'll do, we'll put him in a separate bucket from Gettleman and Gettleman may turn out to be a complete bust. This whole thing may be, you know, they wasted a pick on Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones is, you know, the next Dave Brown, very possible, you know, it could turn out that, you know, Saquon breaks a leg done forever possible. And the pieces that he did didn't work out, but you know something I'm willing to see what he's doing because we could not go on how we were for the last several years of sort of sniffing the playoffs in November, but really not to just God awful. Something had to be done. Look, all I'm going to say is when Daniel Jones throws a game winning bomb to, I don't know, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, when he throws that first game winner and it really looks like, holy shit, this guy might be the guy. That is so much sweeter when you've suffered through everything else before it. Don't be a shithead and 
come back to the Giants after being a Cleveland fan or, you know, not watching football. Just suffer through it like the rest of us. It's so much sweeter when it finally happens. It's so much better. Yeah, and if, you know, so I think sports is entertainment. It really should be. I mean, I think Grump and I consider ourselves a little more diehard than the average sports fan where we're going to sure. live and die with this shit. But a lot of you people, I, and I, I understand it. Sports is entertainment. Sports is something you do on Sunday, and maybe you turn it off on your brain from Monday to Saturday. And, you know, if they suck and you don't want to watch, that's fine too. But don't leave in a huff and root for someone else and then come back or something because I have no patience for fuckers like you. And it's be, it'll be very obvious who you are when you do come back. Oh, yeah. We're surrounded by you uh, every Sunday at, at the stadium. We notice when the when the, the colors around us change. Mm-hmm. Or all of a sudden, all the fancy new jerseys are on with the, you know, with the uh, the price tag. Yeah, still the, t- on the it tag's the, still the, on your uh, Barkley jersey, there, pal. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's it for now. Don't go anywhere because we will be back in just a couple of days. Friday morning should be a new episode, a preview of the upcoming week three. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about, but more in-depth as we kind of go over specifics for the Tampa game, keys to the game, the injuries, etc. Um, but it's, you know, who the fuck knows now? <laughs> and more importantly, you know, that's all good and all, you know, how the keys to winning and everything, but it's really going to be kind of a primer on what are we watching in this game for? What's going to be important to us to see? And I'm telling you, don't look for any schematic plan on how to beat Tampa's coverage or Jameis Winston breakdown or anything. This is all about us and all about you know, the long views. Yeah, and, and get ready for a whole year of something different. We're going to be, you know, if if Daniel Jones is indeed the future, which he is invested to be, um, we're going to. This is going to be a week by week adventure in the improvements of Daniel Jones. That's just how this podcast is going to have to go. And one last thing before we leave. Don't necessarily think you're never going to see Eli Manning under center again for the sure. Giants. Yeah. I mean, if Daniel Jones is just swimming in it, like, you know, DeAndre Baker's swimming in a quarterback right now. If Jones is just, you know, awful and he needs to sit, don't be shocked at some point in this season that you're going to see 10 under center coming in at a relief or starting a game just to give him a, a, a blow to give get his head back in, not in the reference of trying to win a game, but just that development of Daniel Jones. Remember Eli in his rookie year was that Washington game. It was like early December had a quarterback rating of zero. He sucked. And I remember people saying, is this guy a bust? And I remember thinking, Oh my God, but don't think you, are never going to see Eli Manning ever again because there is a, I'd say better than a puncher's chance you might see him one more, two or one or two more times. I agree, and I'm going to say one more thing before we go. Uh, follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. I, you know, I don't have the same luxuries that the cranky fan does. I was actually very busy, like the last like year. But, you know, the last three weeks in particular, I've been really busy at work. So I'm only really able to tweet and look at things when I'm pooping. So, uh, you know, that's only like, you know, 20 minutes out of my day um, before I leave. So, you know, I, I, you know, I get to that when I get home. But uh, don't forget to follow me there. And uh, don't forget to 
leave this podcast a good rating. Um, we work hard at it, and it's a, it's a damn good park podcast. You can catch me as always at the Cranky Fan, where obviously the Giants and the Florida Gators and the and the Rays and all my teams do come first over work. Where I will drop what I'm doing immediately to talk about anything with anybody. So, you know, it's really something, Grump. Uh, Saturday about eight thirty, I had two different starting quarterbacks on my college and pro teams, and now the future is here for both of them. So hopefully I don't combust myself this week, but if you want to talk New York giants, football, Florida, Gator football, Tampa Bay Rays, baseball, New York city, FC soccer, Tampa Bay, lightning, hockey, whatever. I'm here for you, man. You're just giving up on the Knicks, huh? <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with them when the season starts. So, uh, that's another case of asteroids I have right now. (laughs) All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.